Okay, so Madhunam says, Pranam Srila Gurudev, accept my affection from the south of the world. Gurudev, I would like you to share with us how it was that Pujabhat Srila Shira Maharaj suggested that you worship Kiri Govardhan. Hare Krishna. Yeah. Well, um, that's an interesting story. Um, I, um, when I left ISKCON, I, um, I was on I was on my way to California where uh Bhakti Sudhir Goswami and Brahmadas and um other sannyasi, I forget his name, Sajjan will know, was the was the was the partner of uh, Mahayogi Maharaj. Mahayogi Maharaj, yeah. I was uh, going um, on to, to to see them and I got sidetracked um, for a couple of days um, by an invitation. Somehow, somehow I ended up, somehow I ended up at the Toronto um, within Canada um, Rathiatra. I think I was coming from the East Coast and so that was on the way. And somehow um, I stopped there to speak with some devotees and uh, there was a Rathiatra festival. And um, a god brother of mine named Yashodanandan Maharaj was there. And so he saw me and we talked. And during the Rathiyatra, he said, if you come by this evening, I'll be at such and such place and I have a gift for you. So I said, okay, and uh, and uh, went to see him. So um, when I got there, he showed me two uh, Govardhan Shilas and he said I told Prabhupada and this was much earlier before the Chaitanya Charitamrita was ever published from where we learn that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu worshipped the Govardhan Shila as we spoke last week gave the Shila to Raghunathas Goswami instructed him how to worship and so on and so forth before that was ever published, he showed him that brought, he said, I brought these two shilas to Prabhupada and said, Prabhupada, these are two stones from Govardhan. And he said, and in the Brahmanda Purana, which is a pretty obscure text from the Gaudiya point of view, uh, somehow he was reading, it said that the stones from Govardhan are worshipable. I mean, how worshipable they were and how central the worship of Govran is to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Uh, he didn't know at the time, and probably none of us did as well. Um, so Prabhupada said, well, this is what he told me, that if it's uh, says so in the Shastra, it must be. You can imagine the humor that Prabhupada was you know, uh, feeling at the time. And so then he said, he showed and said, Prabhupada picked this one up and looked at it. He put it down, and then he looked at the other one. He said, I'm keeping the one that he picked up and I'm giving you the one that he looked at because I know that you'll take good care of him. So that's how I got my word on Sheila. And then, um, so you can't refuse and why would you? So um, I went on my way to California, San Jose, California, just south of San Francisco, <clears throat> or Sudir Goswami had a temple. And from there, they were publishing Sri Guru's Grace and Search for Sri Krishna and so forth. That was just, um, just beginning publishing there. So anyway, when I arrived, there were several other devotees there, God brothers and whatnot. And um, they were happened to be talking about worship of Govardhan and how Guru Maharaj had recommended sannyasis Worship Govardhan. I think he meant simply because of the convenience of Govardhan 
uh, you know, there's two sides to the Govardhan uh, worship. One side is very high, and we get that from Prabhupada, very high. It's Ragmarg. Uh, Ravanath Goswami offered simple items, but the invocation of which was that he was to give, was giving entirely of his heart. Hmm? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and then the other side is, of course, that uh, so many Sakama devotees, devotees with material desire, worship Govardhan, keep them in his house, their house. Uh, they're very dedicated to Govardhan. They made you Dandavat Parakram around Govardhan hmm, to um, get a get a son, you know, with that prayer. And that's quite a quite a, an austerity to do that. Um, but they have, you know, they're, they're worshiping Govardhan lives in their house. So there's these these two sides. Govardhan is extremely generous, and then he's very high at the same time. Uh, somebody told me of a devotee I knew that had just had published a, a, a notification that he would be doing Dandavat Ram around Govardhan. <laughs> I had to chuckle. <laughs> as soon as you announce it, the whole thing turns into uh, something less than what you might have hoped people would think about you uh, if they're thinking people. <laughs> so uh anyway, it just came in my mind for the moment. Uh both high and very generous at the same time. So <clears throat> I think that uh Pujvachinarash in recommending that was thinking that you know if, if a sannyasi wants to take a deity, this is a convenient deity, very small, uh, doesn't require elaborate worship and 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 so on and so forth. Like like uh a Brahmins traveling in olden times would carry the Shalagram Shiva. Um, so anyway, when I got there, as I said, they said, oh, Guru Maharaj was just talking about worship of Govardhan. And I said, oh, I just got a Govardhan. Hmm? And they said, oh, really? You know, let's see. And I told them the story, which was even more exciting, that uh, these were the, the first Govardhan Shilas to be, you know, instituted they were authorized, the worship of which was authorized by Prophet personally in, uh, in, in, in ISKCON. And I had, you know, received one of them. And, um, and so we talked about it and then he said, but do you, but do you have the Gunjamala? And I said, no, I, I don't have the Gunjamala. Because as I mentioned last week, the worship of Govardhan, as it was, uh, um, Done by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he would put the Gunjamala around his neck and then he would worship the Govardhan. And he gave the Govardhan Shila and the Gunjamala to Raghunathas Goswami. The Gunjamala in Raghunathas Goswami's mind indicating service, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tirata. So, um, you know, I said, no, I didn't have the, the Gunjamala. So they, they, I think Sudhir had a Gunjamala, so they gave me the Gunjamala. And then you know, we talked a little bit about Govardhan worship and so forth. Then, um, so I was doing the worship of Govardhan, um, and then another Godfather of mine, Bhakti Gaurav Narasimhamar, who's passed away a couple of years ago, he came to join um, me, and by extension, uh, at the shelter of Pujapashrita Marsh. Um, I remember we had met. I was in San Francisco at the time. I had started, I had a rented house and started a little preaching center there. So he came and spent a day and he talked with me for, you know, all the hours into the night. And I gave him, I think it was, uh, search for Sri Krishna, reality, beautiful to read. He was, he had some appointment in a nearby town, the capital. California, Sacramento, where he went. He's going to come back in a couple of days. So he came back in a couple of days and he said um, he had only one question about joining. And his question was that, that Raghunath Das Goswami in his bhajan, place of bhajan, when a gopi in a, 
a village girl, if you will, milkmaiden came um, in his vicinity and was carrying some milk and offered him some sweet or something like that. And he asked, where are you from? She said, Sakistali, which is the place of Chandrabali. And he, and he refused to accept. And he said, so my only concern is that, that Prabhupada, I see Prabhupada you know, in Radharani's camp, you know, in one sense or another. And um, I'm not sure about Sridhar Marsh, you know, what, you know. So it was, a, it was kind of a nice question at the time. And I chuckled and I said, well, you know, we're both in the same camp, you know. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. So then he said, I'm in, I'm in, you know. He said, I'm a servant of all of your, all of your disciples here. Was, uh, and then I said, so what did you think of the book? He said, I didn't read the book. I just, you know, uh, maybe I'll get to that later, but if you say so, you know, I'll take your word on it. So that was our nature of our relationship at the time. So, um, while we there, we were there, he was staying in the rented house with me. That's a whole other interesting chapter and story. Guru Maharaj had asked me to try to engage a couple of sannyasis who were my god brothers who had taken sannyas and who were at the moth and they, and he couldn't get them engaged, get them out to do something, you know. So he asked me to try to, try to get them out and get them to do something. So I made arrangement to bring them and and they were staying at the house too. It wasn't quite a scene. Uh, anyway, um, at that time, Narasimha gave me a little Shalagram Sheila and a Dwarka Sheila, which I didn't want, but you know he gave them to me. And it's kind of a hard thing to say I don't want them. You know, I didn't have an excuse or anything, so I accepted them. And it was kind of like not. Uh, uh, the kind of worship I wanted to do. So shortly thereafter, I went to uh, the Moth, Chaitanya Saraswat Moth. It's probably Kartik or Gorpunin town because he used to go at those times. And then I, I told Guru Maharaj, I said, Guru Maharaj, you know, I got, I have worship in Chalagam Shila, but another sannyasi gave me the Tuarka Shila and the Chalagam Shila. I was hoping he would, you know, Tell me what to do with him. He said, you should only worship Gobra. That's what he said. He didn't tell me anything esoteric that you might be hoping or wondering to hear about, but he told me to only focus on them. You should only worship Gobra. So, of course, Gobra is a rock mark deity, Shalagram Shila, the Dwarka Shila. They're typically not worshipped in the Ragmar. You could worship the Shalagram in the Ragmarg, and some people do, and see him as Gopal, and he will appear like that. But, you know, more likely the Gopal, as, as, as he appears in Vaikuntha, shows his Brajalila sometimes. Um, but Ragana, but, but, but Govardhan Shila, you know, this is purely, uh, uh, Ragmarg deity. And so Gurmash told me that. Then I had the excuse, to tell the Shingamarsh, Gurumarsh told me, you know, <laughs> I have to give these back to you. I don't know what he did with them eventually. Uh, but that's the story. Uh, yeah. So I have that over on Sheila here. And just finished the puja this morning before the class. After chanting my job and doing the puja. So that's uh, my answer. What is the next question? Okay. Thank you, Gurumarsh. Let's see. Um, okay, Brajhari asks, Chaitanya Bhagavat says that Gadadhar Pandit read the glories of Prahlad and Dhruva Maharaj to Sri Goranga hundreds of times. Why did he read these portions of the Bhagavatam and not something from the 10th canto related to the Brajabhasis? Is this pastime of Gorgadai a parallel to the pastime narrated in Prem Samput? Thank you. I don't really understand the last part of your question, whether it's related to Prem Samput. Um, it must be something I'm, I'm missing, forgetting about Prem Samput. But, um, so if you want to come back with that, if you're online, you can, but further explain. But otherwise, uh, why did 
um, why did uh, Gadadhar Pandit, Gadadhar Pandit, of course, was the Bhagavatam reciter for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You can imagine what kind of class, Bhagavatam classes he could give. Radharani and Gorlila giving Bhagavatam classes. Uh, that's uh, a kind of a Leela you would like to enter. And hear the Bhagavatam from, from his slowest mouth. Um, but, uh, yes, why, so why, the question would be more, why not, you know, the Rasa Leela and such, uh, sections from the 10th canto? Why the Prahlad and the uh, Dhruva Leelas? Um, once, um, Bhaktivala the Tirtha Maharaj, disciple of uh, Bhaktimadav, Taitimadav Maharaj, Maharaj was the disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta, Tirtha Maharaj was his um, successor. He um, visited me here once at, at Adarya, but um, and shortly after, and he was traveling in Turin, I, I don't know, maybe he was lecturing on Prahlad Charit in the Bhagavatam. But shortly thereafter, his tour, his disciples came out with this short uh, book of his lecture or lectures on uh, the Prahlad uh, Shingalila. And um, I think on the back of the book or some prominent place, he had written that those who say they have uh, already uh Heard this Leela. I already read this Leela. Have never really heard it at all. Uh, was his way of emphasizing the importance. And then he would cite, you know, the example of Gadara Pandit without any explanation, uh, per se. Um, but it was meant, as I understood it, to compel people to listen to it again and again and again. And see what you can get out of it. So, what we what we find, particularly, uh, Prahlad Charit Prahlad the character of Prahlad, it's a uh, it's above the position of of um, Dhruva. Dhruva worshipped with some desire, right? He has some material desire in mind, and material desire vanished in the context in in, in the context of his worship. Vishnu appeared before him. Prahlad had no material desire. Um, and um, most devotees have some material desire. And Prahlad, I would say Dhruva kind of got to the position of Prahlad, but Prahlad from the start had a position that's very um, in, uh, significant uh, for all sadhakas to consider, it's the beginning of no of absence of selfishness. He had no selfish desire. The Shringa appeared before him and said, said "Take my blessing." Prahlad said, "I don't want it." He said, "It's me. I'm that's Bhagwan. I that's what I do. I give blessings. Take a blessing. Then I don't want any blessing." And the Shringa was insisting. And of course, then he asked the blessing that his father would be blessing. That's already done. That, that's automatic because of, because of, because of your devotee. Um, so, amikichu chayana, amikichu chayana. If you can say truthfully, I don't want anything. Um, I think I mentioned it the other day. If we really want to think about Rasa Leela, we should emphasize the, 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 the name by which Rasa Leela is also um, referred to, and that is Kambijai, the Kambijai Leela. That Leela in, in, in which um, victory over calm is attained. It's an example of uh, no, right, in a setting where there should be. <laughs> I mean, it's the middle of the night, full moon, uh, 
the, the night blooming jasmines are there. It's a, it's a total, absolute. All the udipanas for 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 calm, all the catalysts, stimulants, excitants are all all in place. And then there's beautiful damsels, young, young, young young ladies, and a handsome young man. I mean, this this is like. Cupid's, you know, that's a piece of cake, if they say in English for, for Cupid. It's, it's a no, no brainer how he's going to, you know, um, make his mark there and he's defeated, right? He's defeated. Um, so, uh, but to get there, to arrive there, the example of Prahlad is very uh, important to us. So he's, he kind of represents an interim target, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, an interim target that if we focus on, we enter into the doorway of um, the absence of selfish selfishness. From there, from Prahlad, we go up on a scale of self selfishness, of, of absence of selfishness. And when we reach the Brajlila, then, and using the example of the Rasali over there, gopis, Bob, we find self-sacrifice, giving up any absence of any material desire has turned into self-forgetfulness. From, from a calculated giving up other desires and selfishness to losing sight of oneself entirely, right? Forgetting about oneself, no self-concern, only the concern entirely. The Bhagawan, all this. I mean, you know, to give the example, the contrast is Rukmini and the Gopis. Rukmini had the desire to elope with Krishna, but it was against the Vedas, so that was not good for her to do that. But so she didn't. She managed to get a Gandharva marriage with him, her letter to the Brahmanas before. But the gopis, they didn't, didn't think about what would happen to them if they, if they crossed over the Vedic injunctions. That was just, just like when you get lost in lust, it doesn't matter. Things may even come on your mind, oh, if I do this, but you're just overpowered by that. It just overpowers you. And you do, and you, and you, and you do something very embarrassing. Later you're embarrassed. But there's a, Arjun speaks about it in the Gita. What is that? He said, that power by which we, you know, we, we do things that we don't want to do. Oh, and Krishna replied, there's lust. No, he's this enemy of the, of the soul in terms of its spiritual prospect and so forth. Should be militated against and so on. Um, so anyway, they, uh, uh, the gopis, you know, self-forgetfulness from self-sacrifice to self-forgetfulness. And it goes up, you know, you see this in Brihat Bhagavatam, right? But Prahlad is the beginning of actual spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, Nirguna mm-hmm. and Bhajan, properly understood as Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthikaku has said, is performed on the canvas of um, what did he say? Uh, I don't know, non-duality. I mean, it means above selfishness, above selfish desire. So, um, while we have this higher ideal, it's apparent from Chaitanya Bhagavad, which you have cited, that um, Mahaprabhu and his associates, through, through his associates, you know, one of the things that he's doing, obviously, is he's in his, what we call his Acharya Leela, so he's setting an example, teaching by his example. So he showed the way with this kind of emphasis. And so Gaudi Math, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthikaku, picked up on that and he would emphasize such over, um, 
preoccupation with higher topics, uh, which were something for a smaller group of devotees. There's a famous lecture that he gave at Radha Kund, saying, you know, that uh, I think he was re- lecturing in, in, at Radha Kund, lecturing on Upadesha Amrita, Vacho Vedam, Manasakrota Vedam, and the beginning verses, control the mind, the urges of the senses, and so on and so forth. Rather than discussing, uh, you know, or something like that, uh, Prayojan Tattva um, type um, book. And in that, uh, at that time, he, he paused and said, not that these things are not for us, they are, but um, we should know the way there. Those who have been chanting for 20 years, something like that, said, well, maybe, you know, they have more capacity to enter into those, those topics, higher topics. So um, he was conservative about that, if you will, and for good reason. I mean, uh, it's very easy to be misunderstood. It's a little harder, I would say, to be misunderstood today. Today's social, sexual, let's say, for example, norms are very, very different from, you know, that I've seen over, over the decades of my life. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, there was a, I remember year, many years ago, there was a fellow who was running for president and found out that he had an affair and that his whole campaign was completely ruined, canceled out. Nobody would vote for him. <laughs> I mean, you can't, it's, it's like, that's, uh, I was thinking about that came to my mind this morning regarding something else, and, but it, w- it was basically how the norms of, uh, have, have changed with regard to, um, sexual, let's say, promiscuity and so forth. Um, it's radical. And, um, so, you know, comparatively, what you can just pick up anywhere, uh, even in an advertisement, the Rosalila is pretty tame. <laughs> uh, quite, quite, quite tame, the descriptions there. But, um, but still, uh, all the Leelas, whether it be Saki Leela, Matsaya Leela, they're very easy to mis- misunderstand and mis- misconstrue, uh, for one, in the, in the bodily conception of life. But Prahlad Leela is not, that doesn't happen. It's very clear what it's about. It's very, very, making very clear. And, and that's again the, the gateway, the doorway to all of these things whereby they could be really properly understood. I mean, other examples, you know, of misunderstanding the higher Leela's, another example that comes to mind is, is the, as people enter into it, and, and, they, they, and then they have this combative kind of, uh, you, know, you know, my Bob is higher than your Bob type of a, uh, idea. I mean, and, and then they cite the verses about the Manjari Bob. And, and it's like uh, uh, the Manjari police or something coming to tell you, you, you know, you, you can't think any, uh, anything else or you're, you're off. Well, that's off, if you will. This is like, this is an offense to the whole Dom, the whole Lima itself. It's, uh, I mean, it, it could be emphasized by a guru. That's one thing, but, uh, for, for certain reasons, certain time to make a point uh, and so forth. But, uh, it, it, it can, and I've seen it happen. Disciples turn into something else. So, um, uh, it's it's again it's 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 why I said we should emphasize that the that the Rasulila is, is known as Kam Bijai. And then we should think, do I have any calm? Hmm? Then then I can get a real quick, you know, self analysis. What is the level of my adhikar? Not that I shouldn't hear about the Rasulila, but you know, where am I in relation to it all? It just like, you know, darn the bell goes off, you know. Okay. And then you know you know you know where you want to go. But you know where you're at. So it's if if you invoke the Paradalila, then you can see you know where you're at. Most of what he said, many desires, and 
you know, I'm not advocating here that they give them up today or tomorrow and that won't be possible. So we do it in a gradual way, but, but it's important to, to, as I often say, to know the goal and then know where we're at. You know, you want to go to room 108, it's over here and you are here. And so, you know, where do you place the next step? So the Prahlad Lila, Guru Lila, these, um, there are very important lessons there. If we don't learn those lessons, we skip, we think we can skip over them. Then, um, we may make a, a mess of our spiritual life. So the example is there. Vrindavan Destakor cited an example over and over again. Um, again, I, I, I told a story that one, one devotee asked me, how did Sridhar Marsh talk about higher topics in a way that people didn't get confused? And I replied, mostly he talked about higher topics, lower topics in the highest possible way. To talk about how you're not the body in a way that you know, you've heard it a thousand times and it's like, you've never heard it like that before. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, it, and it's still something to be attained for you. You realize that, uh, you know, you hear it enough times, it's just gone in there and then you regurgitate it out to other people and so forth. And meanwhile, you're, you're totally living in your thoughts of what you are and you're not your thoughts. Those thoughts have nothing to do with you, but you are. You're just surfacing. Try to, you say you're not the body. Try to understand it like this. You're not your thoughts. Now what? <laughs> so <laughs> you see, oh goodness, we're taken by our thoughts. You, know, you have to separate yourself. You have to be somewhere else and watch your thoughts. Well, that thought's coming. Okay, I can accept that one, that one. You may be able to, this is the point where you can generate spiritual thoughts. That's, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, so uh, so yeah, these these um, for these reasons, those are important for this, especially the the I mean, ten chapters of the Bhagavatam have been given to the Prahlad Lila, Prahlad Nishinga, ten chapters. Um, there's no other avatar in the Bhagavatam amongst the many that are discussed that gets as much attention. Those are ten chapters in the seventh canto, and the story begins in the third canto. There's a couple of chapters there, with the fall of Jai and Vijay and so forth. So it's a long leela. There's many, many, many significant uh, lessons there. Um, and you know, not to take it to a higher level, um, there, there's a beautiful set of prayers uh, from Bhakti uh, Vinodaku. In the Shingapole, in, in the, the Godrum Dweep, uh, praying to Nishingadev that uh, he might attain the praying of, uh, of the, of the, of the Lila. And, and after all, you know, you want to go all the way. He's the deity in Nanda Maharaj's house. Madhu Mangal is worshipping him there. And he's the deity there. So he, 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 and his favorite instrument is the Murdunga. Or, or as it's employed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Krishna Sankirtan. So he's, 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 uh, he's quite prominent, uh, from the earlier, you know, beginning ways that I'm speaking about, all the way into the Brajlila, he's there. Mm-hmm. After all, Prahlad was a devotee of, of Krishna, of Govinda, that's mentioned over and over again in the seventh canto. And Krishna appeared to him in a form that was suitable to the circumstances that his devotee found himself in. That's the Srimad Bhagavan. Prahlad Maharaj Kijai. Prahlad Maharaj Kijai. What else? Okay, we have a question from um, Krishna Kanaya. She says, one of my friends one of the last devotees initiated by Karamba Kanan Swami, by the way, has the opportunity uh, or the money and time to travel to India next year. She has never been there. But due to her anxious personality, she is hesitant and really nervous. India is crowded and chaotic. She's not a traveler. She will be overwhelmed and only struggle with indigestion. She fears this way. I personally think she's crazy. Is there any official Shastric excuse for her not to go? What would actually make her go? 
I think there are relative considerations that a sadhaka can invoke uh, if they're really artfully engaged in sadhana. After all, uh, Vrindavan, for example, Navadvip, Jagannathpur, these holy places, the Dhams, they're, um, they have a geographical setting, but they actually exist in the realm of Shuddhasattva, pure existence, pure consciousness, um, which um, can be, um, can manifest um, anywhere, right? In the heart of any devotee. So we're, to- therefore, we're, it's recommended to live in Vrindavan, or if you can't, to live there in your mind. So when Goswami says, if you can't, or Jiva Goswami, if you can't, I mean, there may be relative considerations that don't allow you to live there or perhaps visit there. Let's say you live, uh, you know, in uh, at Cape Comoran in the southernmost tip of uh, South India and you're devotee of Krishna and it's 500 years ago and, uh, you know, you, you, you want to take up Rupa Goswami's instruction to live, uh, go, to, to go and visit, uh, you know, Vrindavan. You got to walk, you know, a thousand miles and there's no cars, buses, trains, planes. So get a walk. It's a lifetime thing. I mean, and some devotees do it, but you might, your health might get that bad. You might die. You might not be able to do So there are relative considerations. Therefore, if you can't, so there are relative considerations, then you should live, try to live there in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a sadhaka who's artfully engaged in their sadhana and telling his or her own temperature, mm-hmm. They can make decisions whether to go to this sangha, to here, there, whether I'll do kirtan now, whether maybe I'll attend the program, maybe I won't, because I'm going to do this now, or maybe I'll go to Vrindavan, maybe I won't. So, so there's a place for that. That's that's one uh, way to answer your question. Now, I don't know the person involved, per se, um, um, and... Um, You know, she may just unnecessarily have uh, come up in her mind with reasons uh, not to go. Uh, like you said, it's crowded, her health is a concern, and so forth. I mean, I, I think that um, if it's really in her interest to go, which it is for, 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 for most devotees, um, if not all devotees at some point, visit the Dham, um, then I think the devotees who have experience of going there uh, can give answers, you know, to um, to her concerns so that they can be dismissed. And if she can go with some other devotees, who it would be good. It's, it's good to go with somebody or to go to meet somebody there, South. You know, what what sangha is she going to participate in? Who's going to be, you know, overseeing that and so forth? And whoever that is, well, there'll probably be others and to connect with them. And if she, he or she needs some help and some assurance, let it come from them. So I think, um, you know, it's like if you read, I should go to Vrindavan, you know, if you, if you read about a movie, you know, it sounds like a good movie. It's really it's getting good reviews. But if your some friend comes and says, "You've got to see this movie. You've got it. It's unbelievable." You know, then you're just kind of compelled to go there, right? Uh, so um, you're asking, you know, what could help her to overcome it? What what you see are laying as as laying excuses. If they are, then I think that that kind of compelling association from others would be the remedy. What else? Uh, excuse me. Um, Krishna Sevaka has a question. He says, please accept my humble obeisances, Guru Maharaj. 
Thank you for answering my previous questions. It is truly appreciated. Could you please explain how I can develop my Adhikar to the level of actual meditation on and internal participation in the Lila of Radha, Krishna, and Balaram? Well, uh, the beginning of this is to hear about these Leelas. Hmm? So to hear means also to read. So uh, commentaries and so forth. You read and you become familiar with details that you didn't know otherwise. You learn learn about the Prakat Leela of Krishna, how it works. What, what is it, you know, if it's Sakyabhav, how does it manifest in this, in a, in a Kumar Leela? How does it manifest in a Boganda uh, Leela? How does it manifest in a, in a Kishore Leela? Uh, you know, for, for example, things like this. What are the qualities of Krishna that stand out to the Sakas? What, what are they? What are the examples of them? These kind of things. You, 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 it, it, it's something like this. If you want to drink milk in a rural situation, then you, you, how are you going to do that? Well, you have to get a cow and you have to learn everything about how to take care of a cow. I, I don't really want to take care of a cow. I just want to drink milk. <laughs> you know, no, you have to learn how to, and you should be as interested in taking care of the cow, learning what cows need, reading up on cows, uh, bonding with the cows and so on and so forth. Uh, as interested in that as you are in drinking the milk, because the two are not independent of one another. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me give you another example. Let's say you want to eat um, mangoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to give you a seed and say, here's a mango. And you're going to say, that doesn't look like a mango to me. Uh, doesn't smell like one. Doesn't taste like one. And I'm going to tell you to put it in the ground, dig a hole, put it in the ground. You're supposed to, you know, reach up, pick it from the tree, and you put it in the ground. Of course, this is so I'm going to tell you now, get a book on, you know, how to grow fruit trees, you know, mangoes in particular. I want you to study that. Um, learn everything about fertilizer, you know, at different times of, types of, at different times of the year and so forth. And then there are possible diseases. I want you to study about this, you know, disease. And these things seem like, separate from eating a mango, right? I just wanted to eat a mango. But you have to be as interested in those things as interested you are as interested in eating a mango. Indeed, the real your real interest in eating the mango will be determined by your interest in these things by which that becomes possible. So um, therefore we should understand, for example, what is Raganuga Bhakti? What is the division of Raghunuga Bhakti that uh, pertains to Gupi Bhav or to Sakya Bhav? How do they work? What are, what are the uh, are the charges said about this? Hmm? And so and so forth. So you need to get all that in place. Then you then you start to understand your own Adhikar, and then you can understand the next steps you know to take hmm? uh, and 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 how to identify them and so forth. Um, uh, now, in the, in the context of that, Rupa Goswami has, has uh, spoken about uh, three basic practices, if you will. First of which is to hear about the Leelas. Hmm. Hear about the Leelas. So, you know, take some time to hear about them. Hmm. That's different than meditating on them. Hmm. Meditating, is that's a different thing. Hmm. Meditation means no thoughts, right? So as long as you're living in the world of thoughts, and most of those thoughts are about things, uh, then, you know, it's a cluttered kind of a situation. You're trying to enter Vrindavan with your shoes on. You're going to take your shoes off, leave them at the door, right? So how you do that? Well, you have to cleanse the heart. So meditate on cleansing the heart. Well, I, you know, how do I do that? Well, through bhakti. So you you know you you, you read about uh, um, these leelas with the commentary, hmm? Krishna leela, you know, from the beginning to the end to to the, the, the Braj leela. Study the Braj leela. How does it work? 
what is what are the divisions, as I said, like of Krishna's ages? How do they apply? What are the qualities of Krishna? These type of things. Um, how old is Krishna then? How old is Krishna at this time? Get to know him. You know, you want to love Krishna, get to know him. What's he like? What are his qualities? Who are his friends? What What are the principles? Who are his friends? What are their names? What do they look like? Hmm? What type of friends does he have? So they're kind of, it's kind of a study. That's not meditation. Hmm? That's more shravanam. And you want, um, what was the term of Bhakti Vinod? Uh, here's a term for it. Yeah. Systematic hearing. Kram, uh, Shuddha Kram, something. Shravan. Um, Kram means step, so step by step learning. Um, so this is, the, this is a, you know, the higher end of what I'm talking about to you, the higher end of what your Adhikar is. You can hear about well, from Krishna, Leela, uh, and hear from the right, you should hear from the right sources. And, um, and, uh, you know, from there, then, an understanding the actual practice of Ragmar, what, what extent I have eligibility to tread that path, and, and so on. Um, you know, books have been written about this. Ragvartma Chandrika, you know, Bhakti Sandarva, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu as a whole, you know, what is it, 20, 30, 30 some verses on, on Raghavanda Bhakti, what is it with commentary, Vishwana Chakrabrita, Gaudiya Vasana, they study what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you chant your mantra, and your japa, nam japa, um, and you practice uh, like nam. How how well are you able to chant and just listen to the name without thinking of anything else? So if you're going to think about something else, think about Krishna. Hmm. Well, in some way, what are his qualities? Hare Krishna, 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 Hare, Hare. like that, rather than let it go somewhere else, right? Uh, you have to practice that. And, and the simple answer to to anybody's question is. I hate to say this to you, but I'm going to. If you really want to attain this, um, I, was, I was listening to a, a guy, not a Singhadatta. He's a famous, uh, not, not, not his name, you know him, Sajjan. I am. He was a big I am guy. Nisargadatta Maharaj. Nisargadatta. Nisargadatta. Uh, he was, uh, I think, a follower of Ramana Maharshi. And um, he became a kind of a popular guy in the new Advaitin scene, right? And he would give lectures. I think they were all in, in, in Hindi or, or Gujarati, but he had a translator. So some Westerners would come. And Marathi. Would, you know, Marathi. Well, Marathi language, okay. And so, uh, um, you know, he had attained something. Um and um, and and what and and and, 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 he, and he said, I don't know who I don't think the people were really listening very carefully, but he said, what I did was, um, my guru Maharaj told me to just concentrate that I am, I am, as I've said before, I am is bigger than I am this or I am that. This or that can change, right? That's always going to, I am this, I am that, and that's changing. But I am doesn't change. I am doesn't change. Now we want to say, I am a gopa. I am a gopi. That's higher than I am, right? But I am is big, 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 big compared to I am this or I am that, right? Those are very small, narrow things that are here today and gone tomorrow. Um, So anyway, Based on his association, this was his uh, some scars for I am, uh, and uh, so he, he said he just focused all of his time on it. He was a married man, and all of his spare time, he just I am sit and think I am, and he and he basically said I just everything I gave to this, everything I gave to this, and people are there asking him questions. How, you, how am I going to do this? How about this? How about that? The answer is right there. You have to give everything, yourself completely to this. 
Don't think you're going to get this for anything less than that. It's just not happening. That's not how it works. You can't be great at anything, even materially speaking, without giving yourself to it entirely. People don't just wake up as, you know, born as concert pianists. Some people have some, some scars from previous lives, but those some scars were, you know, hard earned by practice. Even in that life, then they're, they're spontaneously giving themselves to it, right? Whatever it be, in sports or drama or music. Uh, study the lives of these people, you know, look around you, you know. What did it take for somebody to become a great athlete, you know, who's celebrated today in the news or some singer, you know, song, musician? What did it take? What, what did it, you know, it looks like a great life they've got. Wow, but, you, you know, they gave everything to that. They're cons- totally consumed by it hmm, to have attained that. Now, what to speak of the highest ideal? Like I say, young boys and some in India, they're just dropping everything, walking barefooted in the Himalayas, never come out hmm, just to attain I am. Because they got certain some scar, and they think that's what they're they're doing like that. Yeah. So you, I mean, you, you'll be frightened out of your out of your out of your socks, you know, at the thought. Hmm. Walk out of your house tonight. You know, you know India is blessed because you, you can actually go to the Himalayas and you can get you know Kitri up there. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a place for it. You know, it'd be harder in Los Angeles where 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 you live. Hmm. I think you live in Los Angeles. But um, you have to give everything. You have to you give yourself entirely. You know, and I don't become neurotic by hearing this, you know. I'll know your Adhikar. I can't do that. So, okay, there's some limitations I have. My, my, my conditioning, conditioning being what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So here about Krishna Leela from Unified Sources. Be eager, but uh, be eager to apply yourself to the things that will be um, pertinent to your progress. Apply yourself to your japa, your japa mala. Everything's in the name. It can't be done casually. It can't be done with mind on something else. At least trying to wrestle to bring bring the mind in, focus it. Bhakti Vinod said, put on a blindfold. Lock the door, chant japa. Hmm. Right? Big bar of steel to get the nectar of the holy name. So this how one has to practice. Hmm. I was once asked by another thing, I see how I made so much advancement. I, I said by japa. Hmm. By my japa. Hmm. So many experiences from this, from the name. Um, I mean, there are other practices. Archon is more attractive to some people. And so, um, <laughs> the deity is a big taker, that's for sure. You want to worship the deity and make that in the center of your focus. You'll be busy, 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 busy all the time for him, right? So, um, that's the real heart of it all. But, um, uh, Think about what I've said. And with regard to reading, my book uh, is coming out. That's a focus on Sakuras. That should be out next month, I suppose. You learn a lot there in terms of the things I was speaking about earlier. Um, what other books are there? Hmm. I always liked to read the Krishna book when I was young. That's all we had, right? Study the Krishna book. What else? Okay, let's see. Oh, yes, Kishore Krishna has a question. Good morning. Good morning. When are you going to North Carolina? Uh, hopefully soon. I'm, I'm trying to take care of some health stuff first here. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be there in March. Okay, yes, I'll definitely be there by then. <laughs> okay. What's uh, your question? I'm wondering about the relationship between karma and kama. And as one kind of tolerates karma 
and it passes through. It's one also letting go of karma in that um, it's kind of like, is it a manifestation somehow of a material desire that is being let go when that happens? Or how does that relate um, exactly, if that makes sense? It doesn't. I guess like we have a load of a karmic load within um our hunkar that that plays out in different ways, and we also have material desires that are moving us in this way and that way, and as karma passes through in our life and um is are can those be manifestations of ways that Karma is let go, that material desire is let go. When your karma, you're saying, as you be relieved of karma, are you being relieved of karma? Yeah, basically. Well, it depends how you do it, of course. You know, you can be relieved of your karma from the past by playing it out, but if you remain plugged in to the karmic realm, then you're just going to, by your actions, going to reap more reactions that will bear fruit in the future. But in the context of spiritual practice, right. As we um, practice, and we 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 retire our desires, they, we you know we 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 see that we began to see them with our intelligence. You know, the body's very intelligent person. Uh, he or she sees this doesn't make any freaking sense. You know, why am I doing this? You know, again and again. This doesn't. This is. I'm trying to. You know. I'm sitting down and trying to pour water in a bucket and I'm turning around putting a hole in the bottom at the same time. That just doesn't make any sense. Right? So, Sodom is, you know, a little bit of that. You know, your, 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 your reasoning, as your reasoning starts to be employed, uh, this is, you know, what's involved in coming to Nishta. Nishta. So, Anyway, we, we, we're cleansing our heart and through the practices, reflecting, monitoring, reflecting on, 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 on the whole situation constantly. And, um, and then trying to understand your question. So, you know, relative to that, well, the karma that you have is, is, uh, it's being retired. Karma that, that would have accrued and, 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 and Come to bear fruit is being retired. It's it's aparabdha. The parabdha karma is manifest, and um, some semblance of it is, excuse me, is is um, is bearing fruit. Um, greater balance of it mitigated by your practice in bhakti, but as the karma is cleared, so. Um, Given that you can't clear it and plug it back in, then obviously your material desires are being uh, eradicated as well. I mean, it's kind of hard to separate karma and material desires. The, the, you know, karma is the is the action that, that is fueled by, that's initiated by desire, that bears brings a result and it influences my future desire, but. As I've said before, you know, karma is the, is the external thing that separates us from one another. You can say that by we're only we're only different from one another by karma, <laughs> which is external. But karma is internal because it's the volition that precedes or motivates or drives the act by which. We do different things and get different reactions. So there's an internal difference between us that we're all individuals. But anyway, um, what comes first, the desire or the karmic reaction? Well, they're both anadi. So, but, but yeah, as you become free from karma, you become free from lust and greed. That's, that's kind of the short answer to your question. Thank you. So, so could one see like karmic manifestations in one's life as manifestations of one's own karma, or is it not so clear like that? One's own, one's own what? 
One's own desires or karma is being manifest in one's karmic. Well, they're coming from desires, whether they're coming from desires that you're presently pursuing or the desires that you pursued in the past. Uh, typically, the desires that you have now are going to, are, are, if pursued, they're going to not result in, you know, they have this idea instant karma. Well, according to scripture, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't happen instantaneously. There is no instant karma. The desires that you pursue now and the actions, subsequent actions that they drive, produce a result that that gradually comes from unmanifest to manifest and bear fruit, right? So, you know, the karma that you're experiencing now is, is uh, more pertains to things that you've done in the past that pertain to desires. But... Okay. Thank you very much. Well, we're out of time. I think Sajjan had a, had a question. Anybody else had a question too? We have to wait till next week, huh? There's a couple more, yeah. I've got to go deliver some books for Gurnishta to the bookstore. There's clamoring for more, for more books for Gurnishta. So I'm going to Mendocino today to stock the shelves. <laughs> Short, <laughs> shortly here. Shortly here. After I clean up the the cows. Okay. So nice to be with you all. See you next week, huh? Oh, Premanandi. Thank you very much. Thank you.